Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Hearts of the West, action-filled romantic tales of the women and men who tame the frontier, edited by John Marie Stein. Frontier Tales with Action and Romance Hearts of the West is a unique collection of classic Western tales that combine action and romance. This anthology showcases nine stirring, long-forgotten frontier tales with appeal to both men and women. So here are nine classic ranchland romances, a unique collection of nine classic frontier stories that combine action and romance. In Guardian Angel, a cowboy who doesn't think he needs anyone's help, and a woman who thinks he does, must deal with the treachery and cunning of a criminal family. In Frontier Spirit, a well-bred society girl proves she's got that very quality to a doubting cowboy, but not until they have both faced bandit guns. In Pioneer Woman by John and Ward Hawkins, latterly stalwarts of television's Bonanza and Little House on the Prairie, a woman and frontiersman discover that their greatest peril on a wagon train west is not the hardships of the trail, but her abusive, murderous husband. In Cup of Happiness, a woman determined to succeed on her own in the far northwest and a man keeping a secret must battle nature, epidemic, and claim jumpers if they are to live and quaff their own cup of happiness. In Blue Eyes and Blue Steel, a spirited cowgirl doesn't turn back when she finds herself on the trail of desperado Diamond Jack McLernan, while the man she's after finds himself falling in love with her. In The Marquis and Miss Sally, cow-camp friendship turns to romance, despite a seemingly impossible obstacle, in a rollicking tale only the inimitable master of literary surprise, O. Henry, could have penned. In The End of the Trail, a man of mixed parentage learns from a storekeeper's daughter, with the assistance of one of the West's real-life heroines, that it isn't what you do before a fight, but afterward, that determines who the winner is. In The Bee Girl, The Battle, and Bar D, two people who have been deeply scarred by life discover why, if they can survive it, the West is the ideal place for starting over. In Big Nose Kate's Man, the famous, if slightly shady, lady shows why she's earned her own place in frontier legend when her lover, the legendary Doc Holliday faces a lynching, based on an actual event. If you enjoy the romance and action of the old frontier days, you'll love Hearts of the West. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Hearts of the West. Big Nose Kate's Man by Marie Antoinette Parks they had Doc Holliday in jail in Fort Griffin, and they were going to lynch him for killing a gunman named Ed Bailey. Holliday and Bailey had been gambling in a saloon, and Doc had accused Bailey of cheating. When the gun smoke and roar had cleared away, Ed Bailey was a very dead man, for the dentist never missed. And before he knew what had happened, Doc Holliday was in the local calaboose. "'They's talking about lynching you, Holliday,' the sheriff grumbled. Bailey was well-liked, he was, and he has lots of friends. 
And to this Doc Holliday, of course, could say and do nothing. He wished his friend Wyatt Earp were in Fort Griffin, but Earp was in Dodge City. By the time word of this got to Earp, he, Holliday, would have a limber neck. But Holliday had reckoned without his sweetheart, Kate Fisher. Big Nose Kate, they called her, and she had met Doc in Dodge, where she had been what was called at that time a dance hall girl. She had immediately fallen in love with the consumptive dentist-turned-gunman and had followed Doc to Fort Griffin. Now her lover was in jail, waiting for the hangman's noose, and the bars were thick and closely spaced. "'Well,' said Doc Holliday, "'I haven't long to live anyway. "'This consumptive bug is having a field day on my carcass. "'You going to protect me, Sheriff?' "'Sure,' the Sheriff said. "'Oh, sure. "'You don't sound too enthusiastic, Sheriff. Well, "'My bunions are acting up almighty rough today,' the Sheriff returned, "'aiming to head downtown to listen to the lynch talk "'and to mooch some free drinks.' "'Deputy, you take over and watch the prisoner.' "'Well, I'd like to go to town with you, Sheriff.' "'Oh, you just get drunk on me,' the Sheriff said. "'You mooch too many drinks, fella. "'This job needs a sober and reliable head and gun arm.' "'And with this, the Sheriff left to get his free drinks. "'You think they'll get a necktie party up for me?' "'Doc Holliday asked the deputy. "'My neck is almighty touchy.' I have trouble wearing a stiff collar, even if I don't wear a tie. You should have stayed with drilling teeth, the deputy said dejectedly, sinking into a chair and promptly going to sleep. Soon he was snoring like a saw running through an oak knot. Doc Holliday, sick and sorry, contemplated his fate. Big Nose Kate had her own ideas about Doc Holliday, she had fallen in love with the slender consumptive when she had first met him in Dodge City a few months before. Their courtship and love affair had been a boisterous one, and Doc had once summoned all his strength to put her across his bony knees and paddle her ample bottom. That had happened in their hotel room in Dodge, where they had been living as man and wife. Big Nose Kate had hollered and kicked, but Doc had worked her over to his satisfaction— Later on in the saloon where she worked, she pulled up her dress high to show the blue marks left by the gunman's bony hand. "'I do declare,' she would state, "'but I think that man loves me.'" Now there was lynch talk, and a necktie party was to honor her lover. Big Nose Kate sipped her beer, listened, and did some thinking. The main thing, she reasoned, was to get everybody away from the jail— and what would be the best way to accomplish that? She sipped again and did some more thinking. The bar wherein the lynch talk was taking place was part of a hotel. She had a room upstairs. Well, now, that room... She had her a plan, then. She went upstairs, and men's eyes followed her pretty legs. She had a big nose, for nature had endowed her with an awesome snoozle. But she had a beautiful body, and she knew it. Right now, however, she was not interested in masculine stares. She went to her room, piled up some old newspapers she got out of a linen closet, and to these she added other things, the sheets from the bed and doilies from the center table and the dresser. She took the kerosene lamp, unscrewed the wick, and trailed kerosene around the room. 
throwing some on the wall directly over the heap of old newspapers. Then she said to herself, Here goes nothing, and set the mess on fire. She did not hesitate long, just stayed only long enough to see that the fire burned well. Then she went down the back stairs to the alley, where she stood and watched. Soon flames shot out of the window in her room. Smoke rolled out. Mixed with it were more scarlet tongues of ugly flame. It was a frame building, dried by the hot sun and the hotter wind of the plains, and soon the back end was burning right smartly. Somebody screamed, "'The hotel! It's on fire!' A man dashed into the bar. His excited words momentarily extinguished the lynch talk. A fire was a fire, and a fire had to be fought. Big-nosed Kate had getaway horses saddled and ready, so she now went to the jail. The excitement had not awakened the deputy. She shook him awake, and he opened his eyes wide at the sight of a woman standing over him with a six-shooter in her hand. "'Got a present for you, fella.' "'A present?' "'Yeah, and here it is.' The barrel of the pistol made a loud noise on an empty skull. The deputy went back to sleep and forgot his prisoner and his family and his job. The keys hung on a ring hooked over a nail in the wall, and soon Doc Holliday was free. "'Sure glad to see you, Katie girl. You rode over from Dodge City, I take it.' "'Followed you into town. Found out you was in trouble. And here is little big-nosed Kate. Our hosses are in the back. I'll take my guns from the rack. Say, honey, you must love me at that, even though I did paddle here behind. Nobody's going to lynch my man. They got away from Fort Griffin without lead following them, and once in Dodge, big-nosed Kate got plastered. She picked up with the young Texas cowboy at a bar, and this made Doc Holliday mad. Ought to take you out in the alley and paddle you he said. You paddled me once, Doc, but you ain't man enough to paddle me again. Far as I'm concerned, you can get the hell out of my life. Well, I don't want no trouble. The young Texan had heard of Doc Holliday's fast and deadly gun. Big Nose Kate pulled her friend close. He had a wallet full of greenbacks and golden eagles. Honey boy, this man don't mean nothing in my life. How about ordering me a new drink, boy? This one isn't strong enough. Goodbye, Holiday. Doc Holiday walked away, puzzled as man always is puzzled at womanhood. Later that night, she came to Doc's room and sat on the bed. She was pretty drunk and sleepy. How are you, Doc? Okay. You mad at me? Yes. She leaned over and kissed him. I'm glad you're mad at me, she said. You see, Doc, I love you. Doc kissed her in return. You sure take a funny way to show it. He was still mystified. I was just trying to make you jealous, and I wanted the greenbacks and the eagles that Texan sported. That part was his business, same as if you and him was in a poker game. She kissed Holiday. But you're still my man. You understand business, don't you? Yeah, I understand business, Doc said. But I'm damned if I understand you. Big Nose Kate just smiled.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Hearts of the West. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.